Zion Williamson looks great and is dominating Pelicans practice, but how is his chemistry with Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum? And what role players in line to help the Pelicans really succeed this year? And more importantly, what are the karaoke picks for the Pelicans open practice on Saturday? Team reporter Aaron Summers joins the show to give you the inside scoop on Pelicans training camp. It's the Friday episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Friday, we got the inside scoop on Pelicans training camp from Pelicans team reporter, Saints team reporter too, Erin Summers. She's been at the practices. She's going to be breaking down everything you want to know through the first week of training camp for the team. But before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, joining me now on Locked On Pelicans, I've got Aaron Summers. You can follow her on Twitter. It's at Aaron E. Summers, Saints and Pelicans team reporter. Training camp's underway. It's an exciting time, and the name we keep hearing coming out of it is is Zion, right? He's going to be the biggest. Yeah, we've never heard of that guy before. (laughs) There might be some new Pelicans fans who have no clue what he looks like or plays like if they started tuning in last season, but he's looking really good in training camp, isn't he? He's looking phenomenal. Zion was such a joy to talk to in media day and even just being around at practice because you can just see how much fun he's having being back on the basketball court. And then on top of that, we're having a lot of fun watching him play. He's looks better than he ever has as an NBA player. I think he's so fast. He's jumping all over the place. He's dominating people in practice And he hasn't been on the court like this in five on five work with this team ever. You know, it's with new components and new people he's playing with and in over a year just because of his injury. So it's really impressive already what he what he looks like and what he's been able to do. It's like 500 days or something along those lines that he hasn't basically played competitive basketball and to hear him, as everyone said, right, the word was dominated their first five on five, didn't miss a shot during all of that. And it's just like he never left. And I think people could just physically see it right without getting into some of the. The stuff that I don't like around, you know, the discussion around him, he looks different than he did a year ago. And it just seems like everything's come together. I've been referring to him as Zion 2.0 because it seems like he's bought in more than he ever has before. He's doing all those things you want like a professional player to do. And that's hopefully going to lead to a lot of success for the team. It's not only a physical shift that we've seen, but a mental because of what he went through last season. He was in a really bad place because everything that he's ever wanted to do is play professional basketball, play basketball period and not being able to do that for that long. And then having everybody scrutinize you for the way you looked for your injuries, for what you were or weren't doing when they didn't have, you know, even a a fraction, a a 1% of the information to be making judgments, you know, it was tough for him. And I think it would be tough for anybody. And mentally he was able to overcome that. He realized what was really important for him, what it took to be the kind of player that he wanted to be. And 
he's come back. He's, he seems so happy and it's not only healthy physically, just it's great to see him moving well. It, it doesn't look like that injury is impeding him at all, but he just seems to be in a really good place mentally as well. No, and look, there's going to be ups and downs throughout the season too, hopefully more ups than downs, but having him kind of in that right frame of mind, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. We've learned throughout, you know, maybe the past five, 10 years or so, how important that is to professional athletes and having, you know, the mentals right with everything. And it seems like he's really found the right balance. He said, you know, he's, he kind of rediscovered, I don't know if it was love of the game per se, but he rediscovered that like basketball is what he wants to do. And for Pelicans fans who went on like an emotional roller coaster with everything with this last year, it's music to their ears. I think you're again, you know, he signed that five-year deal without a player option, which really does say something about what he's expecting this season what he wants to do not just this year but in future years I think when you think about it in, in saying that this is what he actually wants to do where he actually wants to be he's just been good he's been a freak athlete forever it's come easy for him he's been able to dominate people without really having to try and I I say that by watching him I don't know obviously he puts in a lot of effort and he works very hard at what he does but this was different he really had to make sure that in all areas his focus was on what would be the best for him to be the best he can be on the court. And he's figured that out. And he's, he found, as you said, his love for the game and that that is really what drives him. What he does really want to do is be the best that he can be, which is going to pay dividends for the Pelicans. He's a pretty good player. I think it's safe to say what he did at age 20 of 27 points, seven rebounds. And once they kind of went with the whole point Zion thing, you know, closer to five assists, six assists per game at that time, no one does something like that, right? There's a reason everyone was kind of joking that they were throwing money on Zion for MVP just after hearing him on media day. But it speaks to like how good he is, how important he is to the team, I think, with everything. And you've been watching him in training camp. How's he looked with the other guys? You said he's never played five on five with the majority of this team mm-hmm. so far. Is team chemistry starting to develop? Is this why this time's so important for this Pelican squad as they integrate him back? It's definitely important. They were able to have three different scrimmages. So they had five practices. They practiced early in the morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then went live both of those evenings. And then at Thursday's practice, they finished up with the scrimmage. So they've gotten a lot of work going full court, going with their different rotations, people that they may play with and people they may not play with. They did on that first initial scrimmage run through what they thought that their starting lineup would be. So we're talking Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and Herb Jones. And they looked great. It was like, this is the missing cog right here. You know, obviously the defense is going to be drawn to anywhere, anything that Zion does, and that's going to leave other people open and those people just have to knock down their shots. It's been funny. That's the biggest talking. thing. <laughs> it's like it's funny talking to the players though because it's like, man, I have to work on my gate. I have to work on my shot. I have to work on making sure that I'm delivering because Zion's going to do his part. He's going to draw all this attention. I got to make sure that I am hitting when I have the opportunity. So that is part of it. The, the defensive attention that he's going to draw, but it's also as we talked about, learning the tendencies of the other players on the court, developing that chemistry, understanding 
where B.I. likes to get the ball, vice versa. They've had some time together, but with C.J. McCollum, Mm -hmm. that was the first time they were ever on the court together. So those are things that are going to continue to flesh themselves out, and he's still going to have to get used to Willie Green. He hasn't played for Willie Green yet, so he's going to have to get used to what Willie Green wants and expects out of his offense, those offensive plays. He's not the one that's asking questions at practice, though. You know, he is... It's encouraging. He is locked in. He was watching a lot of practices at the end of last season. So he was there taking it in because he wanted to hit the ground running when he had the opportunity to in moments like this at training camp. And that's something they need. This is a team that's historically gotten off to bad starts. You were here for it last year, you know, one in 13, three in 16. It just puts you into such of a hole and you have to spend so much energy effort climbing out of that just to get to even. And in a Western conference, that's going to be pretty competitive this Mm -hmm. year, having everyone on that same page, getting off to a fast start and not getting into one of those like very Pelicans things that they do. And it seems like this year is going to be different, even with a tough start to the season. It's, it's really encouraging to hear all of that. And I think you made a really good point of he, he came back early from Portland by all Mm -hmm. accounts. He wasn't going to be coming back to this team, to new Orleans when he did, but it seemed like he really wanted to be a part of what they're building here. So he came back early. It allowed him to kind of integrate more in with the personalities and Willie Green to a certain degree, I think. And then it means they can kind of get this jump on training camp. And it's not like, you know, you're starting on day zero. You're still close to the beginning, I think, but maybe not right there. And it wasn't just that he came back early from Portland. He stayed here this summer. You know, he still went on some of his trips, as did everybody. And he had some obligations, promotional obligations, different things that he was doing with his various brands that he represents. But he was here for the majority of the summer training and working out and being around just even the, the, the support staff, the training staff, the assistant coaches, developing that kind of a relationship and rapport with Willie Green's staff and the way that they expect things to be, the, the work that they expect day in and day out. It's been really interesting from what I saw in the early practices last year to what I've been seeing or already this year, there is a lot more action. There is a lot more just let's get to it. We're playing because the continuity that they have on this team, they they know what Willie Green wants. They know the plays. They know the system. They're ready to go. Last year was a lot of learning each other, a lot of learning him, a lot of learning the system and what he wanted to run. So it was a lot slower to get going. This year, they have hit the ground running, and that, as you you said, they want to start a lot faster. It's something that they've been talking about a lot. They feel like they should be able to. They want to make sure that they're attacking it the right way so that we're not looking at a 1-13 and 13 start to the season this year. Be nice to avoid that, certainly. You mentioned they're getting off to a potential fast start, and people have been around. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's look at the rookies from last season. Before we get back to the interview with Aaron Summers, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for football betting info this season. So you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline.net remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. You want to get in on the Saints, getting back in the win column, getting things right on their London trip, you can do it. Make that 8.30 a.m. game a little bit more interesting by heading to 
to betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games. They also have NBA futures if you're feeling good about Zion Williamson going for that MVP. You just heard from Aaron how awesome he looks. You can get that wager out there over at betonline.net. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. Bet online where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Talking today with Erin Summers, team reporter for the Saints and Pelicans. You can follow her on Twitter. It's at Erin E. Summers. She's there in training camp watching these guys go through it. When we were when we were talking about, you know, kind of what the flow of the show would look like, you said we've got to talk about the growth from the rookies last season. And I think... You know, talking about fast starts, those are some of the guys that are really going to help this team get off to that because they've been in this system. They're taking on bigger roles this year and we're expecting big things from them. You know, Herb Jones was a starter pretty much all year long, but I think we all expect big things from Trey Murphy. Jose Alvarado came on at the end of last season. Do you see them getting increased roles in, in certain ways? Maybe Herb remains a starter, but other guys as well, you know, could step up and be a critical part of this team. So far, we've seen Herb Jones in that starting five. So I think that that is definitely his role yeah, his seems position safe. to have, especially with the way that he has been such so solid defensively. And that's an area that he's continued to work on. But he's also continued to expand his offensive game, which we saw throughout last season. Last year, we talked about the fact that there aren't you know 10 guys in the league that are better than Herb Jones at, at limiting your best on the opposing team night in and night out the way that he has. I think that's a definite thing that we're going to be able to say this year. It's not going to be the Pelicans trying to make people think that, or, or we might have this, you know, bias because we're a part of the team. I honestly think he is going to be one of the best defenders in the league. And then let's talk about Trey Murphy. I mean, Trey Murphy will be the first one to tell you how much he's grown, right? He's he's an inch taller. Yeah, he really likes <laughs> to say that actually right now, right now. Yeah, so he's letting everybody know that he's gotten taller, but he's also gotten a lot stronger. He's put on some muscle and the players are noticing. Jonas Valanciunas came back, hadn't seen him all summer and he's like, "Man, yeah, he looks a little he looks bigger. He looks stronger." And you can tell by the way he's being more aggressive on the court. He's not afraid to go in and go up against people inside and go to the rim. It's been really fun watching him. He's more confident. He's shooting very well and from deeper. You know, he's really he's pulled up from half court. Like he was he saying really, and like regularly really doing to, that. Yeah. yeah, he's really working on what he called you know his four point shot, and he wants to hit that at, at regularity because. It helps with the spacing. It creates open lanes for other people on the court. If he can be a threat from outside, he keeps the defense honest. So then you have that element of it, which I think he's going to be the one that people are most impressed with this season, the growth that he's done over the summer. But Jose Alvarado, I mean, we thought he was confident before. <laughs> he is not afraid. He is, but he's not just confident in, you know, I'm Jose, I'm going to play my game and I'm going to, I'm going to get signed and I'm going to have a condom. I belong in the NBA. He's confident in his knowledge of the game and his role on this team. And he is helping lead other people around him. Now he's talking a lot and he is, is not afraid to pull up when he has a, a good look and he's really done a really good job running the offense when, when he's the one at point. I, 
it's been really great to watch the confidence of that group and how much more comfortable they are and the, the aggressiveness that they're playing with. You mentioned it in the last segment. You mentioned it here talking about Trey and the three-point shooting. And the Pels were mm-hmm. one of the worst teams at that last year. And you definitely need to be better at that if you're this team around Zion. And, and you mentioned it. It's not to necessarily, especially in the beginning, and this is something I've been saying on the show here so that my listeners are going to know this, but it's not so much necessarily to space the court for Zion early, right? With a guy who shoots 70% at the rim, which is an insane number, you're always going to double team that guy. And you said it, right? Like he's going to draw double teams. The defensive game plan is going to be focused on him. You need the other guys to make the most of their opportunities when they get these catch and shoot open threes. And they are going to get tons of them this coming year. But Trey launching from so deep, especially if it's an early shot clock three, that's the type of thing that teams are going to absolutely have to respect early on in the year. And mm-hmm. that's the type of shot, that four point shot. And they have a four point line, correct? On their, on the practice yes. court. Yeah. That's the type of thing that actually can open things up earlier in the season for Zion Williamson. I think that's like an insanely important aspect of what could be part of their offense. The players have talked about how they have to make sure that they are those threats offensively. Even Herb Jones wants to make sure that people have to pay attention to where he is on the court because you can't just load up on Zion and expect that you can leave Herb or Trey or or whoever it may be, Jonas outside if he ends up out there. And they they might not you know, they might still be able to pull up and score on you. So it's it's going to be interesting. I've seen Devonte Graham just draining threes. I've seen it from Dyson Daniels. It's not just Trey Murphy that's worked on that element of his game and is consistently hitting from outside. Um, or even Brandon, he's going to get so many more looks from the elbow, from those, those mid-range jumpers that he likes because mm-hmm. the defense is going to be pulled in or out. Um, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's it's – the word that they've been using a lot is spacing as far as every practice coach screens. Like the key is to space the floor because it's just going to give us so many more options. That's when we're going to be able to get really creative and have fun because somebody is going to be able to, to make a move with the attention that Zion's going to draw. Yeah, some someone's going to be open and Brandon Ingram getting even better at that mid range and he shot 50.1% from those kind of medium mid range shots last year. If you can get those, those are good looks for him. And I know mm-hmm. mid range isn't like necessarily what, you know, coaches are preaching in the NBA at this point. But if you're converting them at over 50%, you should take that almost every single time. And that's really encouraging to hear that all of these guys kind of know that it's really going to be on them to shoot, to space the court. Hearing you mention Dyson Daniels, I think, is a little bit intriguing. I talked about Mm -hmm. him the other day on the show, and it seems like he's drawing rave reviews from training camp, too. And he might be looking to steal somebody's minutes if there are minutes to go around, which I'm not entirely sure about. It's going to be tough. The level of competition on this team and how intense the practices have been, I think will speak to that. Everybody knows that there's a lot of talent and a lot of skill on this team. And if you want minutes, you are going to have to fight for them and prove that you are a viable option. You're not going to make mistakes when you come in and you're actually going to help the team. That's what Coach Green has talked about. You know what who the starting five is going to be. You know what those yeah. people are going to produce for you. But it's 
who is going to fall in 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 the second unit? Is it going to be Larry? Is it going to be Billy? Is it going to be Jackson in those four or five roles? You know, you're you're looking at somebody like Jackson Hayes who started, you know, towards the end of the season. Now, where does he really fall in the rotation? It's a big Um, question. And then you're adding back in, let's say Kyra Lewis is able to go sometime soon. Devontae Graham, Jose Alvarado, who proved that he is a viable point guard in this league and a viable backup point guard. There is a lot of depth on this team, which is a nice thing, a nice problem to have. (laughs) But then you have somebody that comes in like Dyson Daniels and are like, man, that guy, he can play. Like he's hanging with these these guys. You know, we saw him play a little bit during the summer with some of the younger players, you know, some of the, um, the guys at Summer League before he got injured. And I was really surprised about how well he was holding his own against people like CJ and, and Jonas and BI when they all started playing on the court together. He's just so smart. He sees the court so well. Some of the passes that he he makes are incredible. And then he hits, like I said, from outside, no problem. I, I, I don't know. I, it's like, man, I really want to I, I want to see him play because I want to see what he can do. But it's like where and when. <laughs> That's that's some of the problem trying to kind of figure out the rotation and why preseason I think is going to be really important for us just to kind of see where this team is and who are we expecting to play because, you know, as you mentioned, Jackson Hayes, where where do his minutes come from? We haven't even talked about Larry Nance Jr. who mentioned mm-hmm. he was healthy for the first time in a while, so he's in line for a bigger role. It's, it's nice to hear, though, that it's competitive and these guys are going to be pushing each other and, you know, you get this kind of fun competitive training camp and when you look around some of the other teams in the NBA right now, they're not having a good time in training camp or media day, so it's great to see that yeah. they're enjoying all of this before we wrap up this segment and then get into the next one, has Herb Jones taken a break yet? I, I'm still laughing from media day when everyone, when he comes in, they're like, how was your summer? He's like, oh, I went fishing w- once. And he's like, why, why take trips when I can go to the gym 24 seven, which I love that attitude, but he probably needs a yeah. little bit of a break. Larry said, he told him, I will pay for a vacation for you. Get out of the gym. I, the cutest thing, and I know you know guys don't like to be called cute, but whatever. The cutest <laughs> thing that I ever saw from Herb Jones is at the end of the season, literally everybody was saying their goodbyes, and he kind of tapped CJ, and he's like, hey, so like, how much time do you take off before you like start, start training again? And CJ's like, oh, you know, I mean, it's kind of dependent on like each person or whatever. Like I usually take a month, but I know my body, I've been doing this for a while. And Herb's like, all right. So like, I I think I'm going to try to take like a week. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) It's like, dude, you just, you just defended the best player on every team for the past, you know, six, seven months. Like you can take more than a week off and you need to, but I don't think he did. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like it didn't catch enough fish to to maybe keep him going since he didn't seem to have the most luck. It was just such a, a ridiculous in like a good way. I think of like, yeah, no, I, I don't do that. I don't take trips when the gym is open twenty four seven, and I can just be there instead. And it's like uh, makes it easy to root for him. I think maybe yeah. the Pelicans fans can pool their money to try and get him a vacation and give him a break because they're going to need him all year long. Um, so more coming up here with Aaron Summers next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything with this team. We got the open practice on Saturday tomorrow from when people are listening to this, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to be there. Do you know what like the karaoke songs and everything they're going to make the rookies do yet? That's like one of the highlights always. 
It is funny. We asked the players about that today and they said, well, last year we did like Halloween theme. It was closer to Halloween. So we had mm-hmm. the costumes, we did all that. Um, they actually have not, they said they have not thought about it yet. And they were going to, that was going to be what they decided after practice today or after practice on Thursday. And that it was going to be up to Brandon Ingram because they said Brandon Ingram's the funny one, which I think it's really cool that they say that because he is, he's very funny. And I, I think he's got a, a very interesting sense of humor. Things just tend to tickle him. And you don't see, we started to see his personality come out a lot more last season. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we know now that Brandon is the one making the decision on this, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what the, they end up doing on Saturday. It's always fun. It's a great like fan event to just yeah. get people in there, kind of get excited. I remember the year they brought Zion Williamson in, they completely like had the lower bowl almost entirely filled up, which is wild when, you know, like the weather's finally getting nice here in New Orleans and you could be doing anything and people want to go watch them do this and have fun. And I think it speaks a little bit to the, you know, the fan love for this team and, you know, New Orleans is a basketball city. You, you even saw Brandon Ingram joking around with Trey Murphy and people at media day, kind of like poking mm-hmm. his head in you know there's there's moments when he's quiet but you can see he really loves being here really loves this team and those just that whole vibe and attitude I think kind of like permeates through that locker room it seems like during media day I was asking all the players a bunch of superlative team superlative type questions and one of the questions was who's the quietest on the team and I thought just because in talking to him he seems kind of reserved a lot of people would say him Herb Jones obviously we saw more of his personality come out too but they kind of struck me as some of the people that might be mentioned and people actually mentioned it the opposite. Like, Oh, Brandon Ingram's the most talkative. I'm like, are you kidding me? And he's like, it's, Oh, it he's, shocks you. He's right. Always, he's always down to like, yeah, come over and hang out. Let's go get dinner. Let's do this. Like he really enjoys spending time with the team and, and facilitating those relationships and Thanks to social media, we see a little bit of it come out in the locker room after the games and stuff like that. But he does have a fun personality and it's been cool seeing them all really enjoy spending this time together. No, the, as I said, right, like, you know, do, covering the NBA and, and doing this and I do our national show, too. So we got to kind of touch on a lot of other things like there's some media days and some teams that just feel like they're zombies already going into the year. And you could almost say it's like half the league. And that is the opposite case here, which I, I think says a lot about Willie Green, the way he was able to almost resuscitate that locker room, in a sense, mm-hmm. from the year before under Stan Van Gundy and his leadership. You know, they all rave about him and everything that he's brought to this team you know talk about a home run hire I think and, and Todd Graffanini I've told this story a lot on here early in last season during that rough start texted me and said in Willie we trust and that's mm-hmm. almost like an attitude they have throughout all of this like I ran into him during Mardi Gras the team had just gotten back I think from Los Angeles yeah. and he was like with his gear out there just getting back to I guess where he was living and like what was staying and chatting to everybody that came up to him on the street which is not what you're normally going to kind of experience with a head coach who takes this so seriously, but he just seems to have the right touch with these guys. He is somebody that you just feel is so genuine. If, if he spends time talking to us because he wants to, because he really cares, he wants to know you and he appreciates your perspective. He ex- appreciates how much of a fan you are and how much you like this team. And, and he loves the city. He loves his fan base. He talks about it all the time and the players love him because 
he genuinely does care about them. They call yeah. him the player's coach. And he, he is, he asks them for their opinions. He wants to work with them. So they're the most comfortable if they're seeing something he wants to know. Cause he said at the end of the day, they're the ones out there having to play. They're the ones that are in it. You know, I can see what I see from outside and what I think might work, but I need either the collaboration and the, the players appreciate that he respects their opinions and, and their ideas and different things like that they really do have a really cool relationship and dynamic as a team where they can anybody you know one through 15 can pipe up and say you know i think we should do this instead and people will listen so it's permeated from coach green to the rest of the players where no one person is a leader on this team anybody has the opportunity to speak up and be a voice and people will respect you for it and it's a really cool dynamic. I don't think there are a lot of places where you could say that's the case. No, I think that really speaks to the, the culture, the locker room that David Griffin has wanted to build up and it's taken him maybe a little while to get there longer than some people would have liked, but it seems like they finally kind of arrived at that. And that's the atmosphere that permeates the team. And I know Swin Cash is a big part of that too, making this really feel like a family atmosphere with all she does in her role. So it's an, yeah. it's an exciting time to be a Pelicans fans before we wrap up here though, you know, is there one area you see that makes you worry about this team a little bit? I wonder if the defense can maybe come around to be an elite unit. I think that kind of is TBD on all that, but is that, is it the defense? Is there another area that you look at and go, that's definitely something they're going to be working on throughout the rest of the, the off season in the lead up to game one. Well, if the past five practices are a telltale, then they've started with defense and they've spent the majority of the time on their defensive principles and really hammering that down. So I think that that, of course, that is an area, if you can secure the defensive side of your game, then it's only going to benefit you in the long run. And I think that that's a big focus for this team. You have people like, you know, Herb Jones, who's going to be able to do it. Dyson Daniels has proven and looked like a great defender. He's come Mm -hmm. in as somebody they thought that would be, but you know, you still hear there are other players on this team that do need to, you know, continue to make strides in that area. And it's not just about, you know, being able to defend your opposing position. But in case there is a switch, in case there's something that happens, you also are going to be okay to guard a guard or to guard a center, or at least hold your own, right? And then before you can get back into the right rotation. But I think that's definitely an area that they're going to continue to work on. Not necessarily a concern, but uh, an area to work on. And then, you know, you never know what's going to happen throughout the course of a season. I don't even want to mention, you know, but I'm glad that we have a lot of depth. So that's you know, <laughs> kind of negates that possible concern. <laughs> yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. That's a good way to kind of get, get kind of get around it here with everything. <laughs> it's, it's the great equalizer and all of that. And hopefully they're due for some luck in that regard, yeah. I think. So hopefully we get to see that this year. It should be a fun season. It should be a fun open practice. Do you have a go-to karaoke song? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I'm horrible. I cannot say that's the whole like, point. I can't, I can't. <laughs> no sing. one's good at karaoke. Um, no, I don't really. Have it's okay. If you don't have one, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. I'll have we'll to see, get back to you. We'll have to see what, what the, what Brandon Ingram picks, I guess, for everybody for the open practice tomorrow. So it should be a lot of fun. Again, follow her on Twitter. It's at Aaron E Summers, Saints and Pelicans reporter for the team. Aaron, thank you so much. 
Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Look forward to seeing everybody this season. Go Pels. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. Enjoy the open practice if you're going to be there this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are as well. We got a bunch of other guests lined up the next couple of weeks too as we get towards the first regular season game. We even have a preseason game next week, which is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all on Monday.